The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Yes, it is true. Market roared for not one but two days in a row, despite the gigantic rate hike the Fed threw us yesterday. Dow tacking on another 332 points. The S&P gaining 1.21%. House of pleasure. And the Nasdaq jumping 1.08%. Bye, 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 bye. But everybody knew that 75 basis point rate hike was coming. The surprise yesterday was when Fed Chief Jay Powell made it clear that he's willing to pause and see how much the economy's weakened, even from his own hikes, before he decided to slam the brakes on again. He's going data-dependent, which is exactly what the bulls like, and allows him to trample the bears. Yet this morning, I listened, frankly, flabbergasted. I listened to analysts and managers, one after another, telling people that we're now going into either a severe downturn, or worse, a period of stagflation which, of course, is the kiss of death of stocks. These so-called experts could not have been more negative, repeatedly hammering home that we're now in a recession. A technical term that gets trotted out whenever you get two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. So therefore, stocks should be sold and sold aggressively. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, 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 sell. And worse, this is a recession with high inflation. Oh, that's a total nightmare we haven't seen in decades. Get out now! To me, as someone who's had to live through 40 years of people warning about stagflation, dumping stocks, and we have to buy them back at much higher prices, I could not believe my ears, frankly. This new conventional wisdom, at least to me, is just a hideous wave of bilge being spewed our way, and I hate that I have to wade through it. I said I disagree with all these naysayers, and you had to buy, not sell stocks. Take the other side of their ill-advised trade. Said it out loud, out loud this morning. I said it twice. Look, nobody likes getting old. This is all me. But one advantage of being an ancient mariner 
is that I have seen so many cycles that I know when the Fed says one and wait, when the Fed's signaling that we've already taken the tough medicine that we need, you have to realize that you're no longer fighting the Fed when you buy stocks. What we heard from Jay Powell yesterday was extremely bullish, not bearish. How about stagflation? Other than the late 70s or early 80s, it's never really happened. But because it was such a formative experience for an entire generation, they wrote all sorts of books about it. You never hear the end of it. Now, back in August of 1988, I experienced my first bout of stagflation worries. I was running a small hedge fund with my then wife, Karen Kramer. We were staying in a ramshackle hut at Fire Island. I had worked all week on my negative stagflation thesis. Oh, I was so smart. Thesis replete with all sorts of Jimmy Carter and Paul Volcker references. Oh, I was so historical. And I presented it to her. Lock, stock, and barrel on a Sunday night before we went back to work. She listened thoughtfully. She nodded. And then the next morning, she put every single penny of ours to work, buying stocks hand over fist. And then she borrowed about $50 million from Goldman Sachs on top of it to get even longer. Oh, I was, I was fit to be tied. I just wanted to use that phrase. I was furious, especially because she did most of the buying when she asked me to to get her a soft pretzel and Diet Coke downstairs. When I got back, I said, what gives? I said, except I actually used a few of the seven words you can't say on television. How could you bet against your own husband like that? That was easy. Simple, she said. You represent the conventional wisdom, Jim. Everyone's saying the same thing, and therefore that thing would probably be dead wrong. Sure enough, the stagflation scare disappeared about as quickly as it came, and our fund made a fortune in about a week's time. That's what happens when everyone gets negative about something that's entirely chimerical and theoretical. Yes, there are some two-quarter-down deal that they're talking about. They all trucks all over downtown trying to capture the recession story. Yes, there's something heinous for stocks when cash threatens as a competitor because you can finally get a decent return on certificates of deposit. However, the stocks will be the much better bet if the Fed beats inflation, and you can never, ever, ever, ever bet against the Fed, no matter how stupid you think you are. And by the way, I don't think they're that stupid. I know I'm in the minority. When the Fed gets out of the way, you have a real window. you got to jump through it. That's what happened today and yesterday. Today, when the average exploded, aided by the recognition that we could be in a recession. That's right. If a recession really has arrived, that's actually good news right now. Many commentators are too young to remember that when a recession comes, the Fed has the good sense to stop raising rates, except for stupid Feds, and I told you this isn't one of them. And that pause means you've got to buy stocks. It has always meant that. Always. Stocks like what? I don't know. Let's think about it. What would you buy? I don't know. How about Apple? Sounds good, right? It jumped in after hours trading on a better than expected quarter. I don't know. It's, it's probably kind of purloined literally. How about Amazon, which exploded higher on a surprise beat? If this is what a recession looks like, I got to tell you, I'm feeling pretty darn good. You know my view on Apple? It's new. It says own it, don't trade it. Once again, I saw people contorting themselves into knots, trading it, selling it, shorting it, covering it, doing everything except for owning the darn thing. They have no faith in management, producing the greatest technology achievement of our lifetime, one that sells great everywhere, including India this quarter, even in a post-lockdown China in the last month. Hmm, superb. Plus, unlike just about every other international company out there, they hedged against a strong dollar. Man, are they ever smart. Amazon, better than expected numbers and an even more exceptional forecast. Here's a newsflash. During COVID, we forgot what we liked Amazon about so much. It's because it's cheaper. This isn't a stay-at-home stock. It's a stock of a company that crushes it in web services, which you would know if you watch the show, and also offers real value to all consumers, even newly cash-scrapped ones. Plus, they're getting costs under control. 
They've already shrunk their workforce by nearly 100,000 people. The, what? Cost controls. We love them. Sure, Roku was an awful miss. Intel was horrendous. But you know what? Apple, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft. That's an awful good shopping list. Of course, some industries will experience a ton of pain now that rates have gone higher. Rate hikes are always good. Uh, mortgage applications, 22-year low. There will soon be a glut of homes. If your years are semiconductor shortages, I think chips will finally be widely available. Something that can quickly create a glut of cars, too. We know there are huge apparel gluts. There's goods gluts. Walmart statement, Best Buy's this morning. This is an inventory glut recession, not a layoff recession. And that means you can buy stocks if there's nothing else bad from the Fed and or from Washington. Then it turns out that Washington has out of nowhere given you not one but two good things. They just passed the CHIPS Act with billions to set up domestic semiconductor manufacturing, especially in Ohio. Goodbye, Rust Belt. Hello, Heartland Valley. Valley. At the same time, it's looking like the Senate might pass hundreds of billions of dollars in green energy decarbonization incentives. You know what that means? That means an explosion of profits for the solar industry. But yeah, guess what? Everybody's already thought about that. And the semiconductor industry, though, here's ones that are still working. Semiconductor capital equipment companies. Both of those cohorts ran. They could run again. The obvious ones have been taken. I think Carrier deserves to play catch-up thanks to a heat pump subsidy. Plus, there are shorts all over the place in places like Lamb Research and Applied Materials. <laughs> Man, I'm throwing a lot at you tonight, aren't I? Yeah, they're going to make a killing. Chip sack. So you put it all together, and you recognize, as I've said again and again, the window to buy near the end of the tightening cycle opens and then closes in just a couple of days. The bottom line, I think that window has finally arrived, and you don't want to close it on yourself like just about everyone else I heard today told you to do. Hey, why don't we go to Dan in California? Dan. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Thank you for Booyah, taking my, my friend. call. Of course. The, golf, the question I have is regarding um, Callaway Golf. They've got a, I think it's like a subsidiary. It's called Top Golf. And I play golf about two or three times a week. And every single person I've ever talked to absolutely loves this thing. And my question well, you know, is, listen how there, much Dan, will that Chip help on, Chip, golf? Chip Brewer, we had him on. He, he's got to expand Top. Everyone wants Top Golf. I want Top Golf, and I'm not even a golfer. You know what, my friend, my golf friend Ben Stoto, who's also my research director in One Man Band, he loves golf. And I know that we play together, but Eli, well, that's the symbol, Eli. Callaway Golf has got to put more top golfs. You're right. Mike in Maryland. Mike. How you doing, Jim? Quick question. Mike couldn't be better. How are you? What's up? Good. Lift? What do you, Why? Yes, yeah, so as, as a company. Do you think they're going to recover from the, the I, stock? Or? I don't care. As a company, as a car guy, it doesn't matter. Lyft is, a, Lyft is not making it. It's not cutting it. Nice people. All right, how about we go to uh, Kyle in Illinois? Kyle. Kyle? Yeah. Kyle. Go ahead. You're up, Kyle. Yeah. You're up. Jimmy Zucchini. Jimmy Zucchini. The zucchinis are coming in so great. Do you have any idea? What more? Th- are there more things I can on Twitter? I'll learn tonight what I can do with them. Well, you know what? L- love your gardener. Uh, love to love your garden, partner. Well, okay. Hey, so, Kyle what are we Chicago. doing? Jim, listen. Excellent. This is not a consumer recession. This is like a business supply inventory recession. Consumers have cash and they're traveling. Here's what I want to know. And they report next week: buy before or after earnings? Expedia. You know what I? Oh, boy, you put a gun to my head, and the first thing I do is say, take that gun away from my head. I like the company of Expedia. I only held it this quarter. But you know what's better than Expedia? Alphabet. You get the travel and leisure. You get Ruth Porat. You get smart people. You got Waymo. You got Google Cloud Services. What more can I say other than YouTube? 
All right, the window to buy near the end of the tidy cycle opens and closes in just a couple of days. Bye, 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 bye. I think the window has arrived. Man, money tonight from pet food to health products. Nessie's at the center of the food and beverage and believe it or not, sneaker economy. I'm learning more about how this company is navigating this challenging environment with the CEO. Then, could trash be treasure for your portfolio? I'm seeing if WM could be the stock for you. Well, that's the old waste management. And after putting a top and bottom line beat for the second quarter, what exactly drove the strength in the magnificent company that is fighting, sir? I'm going to sit down with the CEO. So I want you to stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. the worst of the bear market is probably behind us. Now the Fed's talking about a data-driven approach to rate hikes, which I told you is so important. But you know what? We're still looking at a real slowdown here. Nobody denies that, which means you need to own something defensive. I have always professed to like the consumer package goods place. They've been played by high commodity prices, but now those commodity prices are starting to creep down, Some, in some cases dramatically, though. Take Nestle, the Swiss packaged foods powerhouse, which just reported excellent first-half results this very morning with terrific 8.1% organic growth for a food company? 
Cocoa's going in the right direction. Sugar's going in the right direction. Packaging's going in the right direction. Plus, because Nestle's based in Switzerland, it's a huge winner from the insanely strong dollar. Every penny they make here translates into more Swiss francs. Doesn't hurt that they're also paying you a bountiful 2.4% dividend yield. Earlier today, we got a chance to check in with Mark Schneider, the charismatic CEO of Nestle. Take a look. Mark, I know this is a strange thing to do because you're one of the world's greatest food companies, but I'm starting this interview by holding up a pair, a gorgeous pair of sneakers that you have sent, and they're made with something Nespresso? Oh, yes. So this is a sign that recycling and circularity can be fun and fashionable. So these shoes contain the used grounds of 12 cups of coffee, in addition to other recycled material. And of course, these sneakers are fully recyclable. They're fun, they're fashionable, and they're a good sign that, uh, you know, circularity is here to stay. Now, I like the metaphor, but if if someone wants to get these, because I think they're a great symbol, not of status, but of sustainability, what do they have to do? All they have to do is go on the website of the French startup company Zeta, that's Z-E-T-A, and you can order them online, and they're just beautiful. Excellent. Now, uh, since I started the show, when someone wants diversification away from the dollar and wants steady, good growth, I have sent people to Nestle's for now proudly several hundred billion dollars. The new Nestle's, the one that does acquisitions, is always on top of things, has has morphed as you always have. And I've got to tell you here, we are in love with Orgain. And I think that might be a good place to talk about what your your stamp on Nestle's. Absolutely. And look, we do stand for good nutrition, first and foremost. And here we had a chance to acquire a majority stake in a company whose approach to nutrition we very much admire. So Dr. Andrew Abraham, who founded Orgain, is a cancer survivor. He's a doctor that is deeply versed in the science of perfect nutrition. And we felt that his approach is exactly what's called for these days. These products are delicious. They're fully organic. And we believe they're a wonderful addition to our product portfolio. Now, this is very interesting because I know that people on our staff saw You do that on Amazon Prime Day. You were the most featured object. Is that uh, something that you've been working with in terms of uh, using a digital ad campaign? Because many people bought Orgain from that Prime Day. Yeah, and look, digital is one of our key marketing strategies these days. Uh, we aim to have about 25% of our sales online by the year 2025. Clearly, COVID was the starting shot for digital e-commerce opportunities in food and beverage. Food and beverage tended to be somewhat slow in adopting e-commerce, but I think now it's here to stay. Consumers like the convenience of ordering from home, and uh, it's a significant opportunity. Well, you mentioned home uh, and COVID. To me, the greatest theme that came from home and COVID was not work at home. It was pets and more pets. I am a huge, huge pet owner. We happen to be uh, someone who takes dogs from what are our kill centers, basically. And I've had, I've had a huge number of cats, and we are Purina people. I was once going to be the spokesperson for Purina, but things just didn't work out because it was just something we fed six cats with. So if you can tell people about how this is an amazing brand, and by the way, uh, a great hedge uh, for the uh, strong uh, uh, dollar versus the euro. 
Yeah, and look, um, I've just spent a bit of time at the Purina World Headquarters in St. Louis last week, and here is a company that's totally, utterly dedicated to the health and well-being of pets, and is really constructed around that. And we admire that focus, and I think that focus is paying off. And clearly, the pet business happened on fire even before COVID, but with COVID, we saw pet adoption rates around the world go up so much, and uh, we see now that uh, those pets are staying with those families, and uh, hence. You know, there's a significant uh, step up in the demand for pet food as people, of course, want to get the best nutrition for their pets. So what do we do, though? I, I know throughout your uh, conference call, we mentioned again, you got freight problems. We've got higher inflation for the ingredients. Uh, are you going to get to a point where, say, with your premium pet food, which is, the I think, among the best in the world, where it just costs too much for, for people and you, you have to trade down? I think what we're seeing um, with the current situation is similar to what happened in previous economic slowdowns and downturns, and that is some part of the consumer trades up and another part of the consumer base is trading down. It's usually the mid-price point that's getting squeezed. So we do pay attention to premium products, but we also pay attention to affordable products. And uh, I think by covering both ends of this pricing spectrum, uh, we're doing well and we're serving people's needs. Let's talk in the time we have left about affordable products. Nestle, every time I speak with you, I think about sustainability and I think that about mission. Uh, if you work at Nestle, you're more than a food company. You're making it so that it, so that food is affordable for people who can't. That's something that seems to be just one of the things that's really important to you and your company. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, think about uh, regions like Sub-Saharan Africa or some of some of the poorer parts of Southeast Asia. So there, if you price up a product, it may make the difference between a consumer having a dinner or a consumer going home at night hungry. And so observing magic price points that are pretty much defined by the day's cash earnings is something that's key if you want to serve those consumers. So in this environment, to offer high-quality food, that is micronutrient enriched and still affordable in the face of all of that inflation around the world is a significant challenge, but I think we're rising to it. Well, I want to congratulate you on all of your success. You've done much better than everyone else in your group this year. Not making a lot of money, of course, for, for shareholders, but it doesn't matter. You're not losing a lot like so many of our companies, unfortunately. And you've been a big winner over time, which is what really matters. And we are huge fans of Nestle, not just not just the stock, but the products which we do consume and our pets consume. I want to thank so much to Mark Schneider, CEO of Nestle, for coming on our show. And, sir, it is always a joy to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And money will be back after the break. Coming up, waste not, want not, Kramer goes green with a company that's turning your trash into treasure. Next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Have we really entered a recession? We've now had two straight quarters of negative GDP growth, which Wall Street likes to use as a shorthand to determine if recession is real. But the economists at the National Bureau of Economic Research aren't there yet, and they're the official arbiters. Whoever heard of a recession with 3.6% unemployment? As for me, I like to hear from individual companies. That's how money is made. I want the ones with their finger on the pulse of the economy. Companies like WM. Oh, yeah, you don't know what that one is? Well, it's formerly waste management. Number one player in the North American waste disposal business. Now, this is a highly cyclical industry because commerce and construction translate into more garbage. And yesterday, WM reported a beautiful quarter, if you can call trash beautiful, a strong top and bottom line beat. More importantly, they raised their full year forecast. They're now talking about 10% revenue growth. Yeah, double digit, up from around 6% previously. The stock rallied nearly 3% yesterday, tacked on another 3% today. Not sure it's even done with that move. So how do they do it, though? And what's it mean for the economy? Let's take a closer look with Jim Fish the President's show of WN. Jim, congratulations. Really incredible numbers. And uh, as long as I've talked with you, since actually since you took the job, I think it's a, this may be your single best quarter and your best growth year over year. I think you might be right, because considering what's going on in the overall economy, I know we saw GDP numbers come in a little bit soft today. So I guess technically we're, we're looking at a, a small recession. And so the fact that our organic growth was as good as it was, top line, bottom line, free cash flow, I think you might be right. This might be our best quarter ever. Well, Jim, I, I think it's made up by a number of things. But one of the things that is most certain to me, uh, you have been very judicious in the in the business you take. And construction's always been terrific for you. Your landfills are always in the right place. I think it all came together. I couldn't find any one thing I wanted to point out other than great pricing, good construction really, really good places to go to work, and your landfills are just killing it. Yeah, really, if you look at the, the growth of the business for the quarter, I mean, it was it was really driven by the core business itself. The solid waste business was up over $100 million, and then our renewable natural gas business was up 14 recycling up 5 So those are two very good businesses for us. We've talked about sustainability a lot recently, and, and we're investing in those heavily going forward. But uh, the solid waste business really did well in, in the quarter. I'm going to go to the renewables. I, you've got a very ambitious plan that people need to know about because WM, I know people say, well, wait a second. Are, I, what are they doing for the environment? But this renewable natural gas is for real, isn't it? It is. You know, it, it's uh, if, if you come to one of these facilities, they're amazing. I mean, you, you look at, at trucks coming in the front door and, and, and depositing the trash at the landfill, and then you look at uh, us cleaning it up on the back end and turning it into pipeline quality gas that we turn around and sell uh, actually at a premium. And, and uh, we also have the ability because of our, our natural gas fleet, which is now almost uh, 75% of our routed vehicles, to sell the credits, uh, the RENS credits. When, uh, when Mr. Steiner was running the place, we went to one of the gas stations in Camden, New Jersey. It was almost like it was a pilot program, but now it just turns out to be just a fantastic way for you to do business. Well, and we've, we've said we're going to spend uh, over $800 million over the next four years to build these out. So we're going to build 21 plants between now and 2026. 
the the bottom line impact is is significant. We said 400 million, but but at current natural gas and uh, and rent pricing, it could be 800 or uh, or a billion dollars in bottom line impact. That's amazing. The other thing I, I really like to see. The automation. I mean, when people uh, leave, you are now, this is exactly what the Fed wants, basically. You are the answer. You are beginning to automate jobs that are good jobs, but they would be better done by machines. Why don't you tell us about your decision to be able to make it so that there are uh, one day maybe driverless uh, trucks, but absolutely pickup being being uh, not requiring so many people in the back. Well, it's not unique to us. It's not unique even to our industry. You've seen this great, uh, this kind of great resignation, I guess, is what everybody's referring to. And and it's affecting us. We have a lot of jobs that have now become pretty high turnover positions. So the question is, as opposed to refilling one of those jobs, can we, can we substitute with technology? We have some jobs, Jim, that are almost 50% turnover. So in theory, you replace the entire, that entire workforce uh, in two years time. And so it's not a matter of, of letting somebody go. It's a matter of actually applying technology when we have attrition and, and lowering our cost of turnover. The cost of turnover is high. And the other thing that, that's probably worth mentioning here is that, that we're upskilling some of these jobs. So someone that comes off the back of a truck, a helper that, that comes off the back of a truck as we transition from those traditional rear load trucks to a, an automated side loader is a perfect candidate to upskill into a driver position. Do you think you would otherwise have a very hard time uh, filling slots because of the all the job hopping that's going on around the country? I think we will we'll fill our slots. Uh, I think the the pie is shrinking for sure, not just in our industry, but but everybody that employs drivers, whether it's Walmart or UPS or FedEx or whomever, uh, the the pie of of drivers is shrinking. Not exactly sure why. Whether it's the younger generation just decided they don't want to drive trucks, but um, we'll get ours. But no reason not to take advantage of the attrition uh, with some technology because the cost of that turnover is high. Now, you did mention uh, you're one of the few CEOs who finally comes out and say you'd like in, you'd like inflation to, to slow down and it would be much better for your business. Most people come out and they just you know, they say, oh, well, we don't want the Fed to tighten. But you really do. You're, you know that inflation erodes everybody's everybody's wealth. And I think that's great. How, there's so few people who actually stand up and say it, but you're willing to do it. Well, look, I, I, you know, I was asked the question yesterday on the call, what's the right number? And I said, I don't know what the right number is, but 9.1 is not the right number. That's right. the wrong number. Uh, you know, I think it'll come back down. I, I really do. I, it's obviously at, at these 40-year highs, but, but I do think the number comes back down. And it's a benefit to us. Uh, it's not only a benefit to the consumer. Clearly, the consumer benefits by, by having 3 or 4% inflation versus versus nine, but similar to banks for us where, where their spreads are higher at lower rates, uh, our, our, the amount of price that goes to margin expansion is better for us when, when inflation is lower. So right now, uh, I've kind of described it as a little bit of a street fight. When, when you're looking at 9.1% inflation, you're doing everything you can with pricing just to cover those cost increases. When inflation comes back down to a more reasonable number at, at three or 4%, then I think you'll see us, uh, you know, put a higher percentage of that price increase on the on the bottom line through margin expansion. Well, that'll be terrific for shareholders. You have had a very, very good run for shareholders. Congratulations to Jim Fish, who is the CEO of WM. And it's good to see you again. Thank you. Great to see you, Jim. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. May have money to be back in. Coming up. 
It's Booster's Millions for a population vigilant against the ongoing COVID threat. How is Pfizer handling the demand? Stay tuned. This morning, Pfizer reported a magnificent quarter, just a monster earnings beat that you rarely expect from a big pharma company, thanks in large part to booming sales of their COVID vaccine and COVID treatment, the one that President Biden just took. Unfortunately, the stock only got hit anyway because Congress might be willing to do something about drug prices, which is not great for the drug companies, of course. I think it's a mistake. But don't take it from me. Earlier today, we got the chance to speak to Dr. Albert Borla, the chairman and CEO of Pfizer. Take a look. Albert, you had tremendous numbers today. Uh, your COVID products obviously exceeding all expectations. Uh, tell me what it's like to have the biggest beat, the biggest beat in estimates that I know I've ever seen in my life and how you accomplished it. You know, even more rewarding for me is that we touched the lives of 850 million people approximately, which is 70% higher than last year. And that gave us this very big beat because that's the beauty in our business. If you create value for patients, you are going to have value for the shareholders. This year, this quarter's earnings was the highest ever in the history of Pfizer in terms of revenues, and I believe the highest ever in the history of the industry. And we exceeded uh, $2 in uh, EPS. That was 100% growth versus last year. I feel very proud. Well, what's amazing about your company, you have very clear goals. You're very mission-driven. You're going to put so much more back in R&D, but you also care passionately about the dividend, which matters a great deal to our uh, to our viewers, how are you going to break down some of those profits? No, you are absolutely right. We care about the proper capital allocation. Actually, since I took over in 19, 2019, we allocated uh, $82 billions of capital. Of this, $50 billion, $52 billion went to R&D, 27 internally and 25 externally. 25 of this 82, 80, uh, yes, 82 billions, excuse me, 86 billion went to uh, dividend because we know that is an important part of our investment thesis. And 9 billion went to buy back. Uh, we will continue allocating uh, this capital in, in the way that we create most value, value for patients and shareholders. Well, it's worked so far. Did you uh, feel a, a tinge of pride when President Biden took Paxlovid and went right back to work? I, I, frankly, I felt relief because uh, the president is an important figure. And of course, he's uh, uh, at the situation with his age is on higher than in the high 70s. So it was important to feel that uh, he's well protected. I'm very happy that uh, among the right now, we are having almost 400,000 uh, prescriptions per week uh, in the US alone of Paxlovid. I'm very happy that uh, one of them was the president and it went very well as with the other. Excellent. Now, I wanted to ask you, and it's a, a bit of a philosophical question, but you are a doctor. If you were my doctor, would you just recommend I do boosters every four months? Because that's what my doctor says I should do. But I, all, I get all sorts of different information. What's the right thing to advise a patient if you were practicing? The right thing is to advise to listen to the doctor. As you said, uh, I'm not your doctor. He is. So he knows better your history. He knows better. Uh, the products, and he can recommend the right regimen for you. Excellent. I took four yeah. doses, because that's my doctor did recommend. Okay, fair enough. Now, you made an acquisition, and you're doing it in a very novel way because you're keeping a company. 
of a, uh, something that I don't think people understand, uh, which is Biohaven Pharma. Uh, I'm the spokesperson for the Amer- American Migraine Foundation uh, because I suffered from 26 migraines per month, which you know is a lot of migraines. Uh, and then, right, then Biohaven, here. but then Biohaven came along with the CGRP drug. If I last night, when I sensed there was a rainstorm, I knew to pop my Biohaven drug, my Nurtec. Uh, there are billion sufferers of migraine. I know from the people who worked at Biohaven that one of the things they felt terrible about was that the message could not get out. With Pfizer, will you be able to get the message out to the billion people that there is some hope for you? I think, first of all, we start with a fantastic medicine. That is the reason why we did this acquisition. And the clinical data plus the real-world data are extraordinary. So that's where we start. Clearly, in the hands of Pfizer, which is much bigger scaled operation than Biohaven itself, I think we should be able to communicate the benefits of the product in a way more broad audience than uh, Biohaven alone. So we are looking forward. That will be one of our launches next year well, uh, when this acquisition is complete. Well, I look forward to it because of my spokesperson role. I better do a good job because I know you will. Now, with all these great things you're doing, whether it be Nurtech, Biohaven, or with uh, Paxlovid, or, of course, with your uh, anti-COVID vaccines, it seems almost uh, rude and, frankly, ill-advised that the government has decided that this is the time for Medicare to crack down. Now, when we speak of the government doing that, obviously, we don't know where it is in Congress. But can you describe uh, what could happen? Because to me, the gem of our country is you and the other drug companies. I hate to see that go away. Yeah, I'm very disappointed to hear the news. We don't know eventually what will happen and also what exactly are uh, the agreements. But uh, what I'm hearing, they are doing too little and too late for the patients, which uh, I think is a positive step that they will reduce the out-of-pocket to 2000 per year. Uh, but they do it from 25, if I understood well, and that's not good. And then they are taxing this industry. It's the only industry in this bill that is specifically singled out to be taxed with approximately 270 billions. And only 10% of that will go to the patients. The rest will go to the federal budget and uh, the, the black hole of it. I don't think it's right. And I think, as you said, I don't think it's the right time to do it when uh, we are about to live a scientific renaissance. The industry has demonstrated the value that brings to society and to the global economy, including the U.S. economy. Our contributions is what saved the economy. And I don't think it's really disappointing to see that we are singled out as an industry. Yeah, but Dr. Bull, you've got a fantastic pipeline. You're spending fortunes. And the reward seems to be that the government wants to basically put a tax on you uh, will it hurt your pipeline development, your R&D? Of course it will. I think uh, when we see something like that, I'm sure that many companies, particularly those that they don't have the means or the balance sheet, will have to cut down on R&D. I think in the industry calculated that this bill will reduce 100 medicines that would have been invented and will not. Because the cost right now, it is almost $3 billion to have a medicine. If you take $300 billions out, that's approximately what will be the impact. I, I think it's... I hope that uh, more uh, rational will prevail eventually, and they will not do it. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, one last question, Doctor. There is a, a lot of variance. Uh, no matter what, uh, when you find that you, when in the fall, hopefully, the FDA approves it, uh, should we all go take it just because the variants are very different, I know, from what I had already? Would it make sense to get the new one? 
I think generally will be a very big need. And I think uh, when uh, they, they approve it, if they approve it, um, we are all working collaboratively to be able to do that uh, in the fall, actually the earlier part of the fall. And I am very confident now that we will be able to deliver because some of the most difficult milestones that could delay a project, uh, we've passed with flying colors. So now I feel that we will be able to deliver. Uh, and I think doctors likely will recommend to, to everyone to do it, given that we are about to experience a big wave of BA4, BA5. I fear that, but I've got to tell you, we've got, we have you on our side against COVID, which is dramatic. Uh, I want to congratulate you for all of your success, sir. You've done legendary things. I'm glad that your family survived the Holocaust. I'm glad that you were here to be able to make it so millions lived who otherwise wouldn't. I wish the Chinese would sit down with you. They need mRNA, and you know they wouldn't be in the fix that they're in. Uh, Dr. Borla, mm-hmm. chairman and CEO of well, Can I just ask you that? You believe me, right, that if you had China, you could, you could do it. The lockdown would end, correct? I, I, I think so. They are buying now Paxlovid in China, but uh, they don't want uh, externally made vaccines. They want to use their own. They insist on that so far. Well, I think that that's just plain hubris. I prefer the success and life that you have given so many. Dr. Albert Borla, Chairman and CEO of Pfizer. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, sir. Coming up, Kramer wants to hear from you. Your calls on the thunderous lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time to work now. Crimson Monday to start with Cedric in Maryland. Cedric. Yes, sir. How are you today? Couldn't be better. Thanks for asking. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. I've got one question for you. Marketta. Sure. Too many companies doing the same thing as they are, and they're losing money. I have to say, sell, sell, sell. All right, let's go to Molly in Iowa. Molly. Great to talk with you, Jim. Hello. I am doing good. How you doing, Molly? I'm doing great. They call me Molly. So great to talk with you. Listen, my stock is Occidental Petroleum. I'd like to go and own it. Go and hire. Going higher, Warren Buffett buy it. I don't even didn't buy any today. What's going on? What's going on, Chef? Why didn't buy any? All right, let's go to next. Let's go to Larry in Florida. Larry. How are you, Jim? I'm good, Larry. How about you? Pretty good. Teva Pharmaceuticals. You got 15 sell, 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 sell. They've been awful for down. as long as I've been doing sell, the sell, show. Sell. And I'm on a double down now. Sell, sell, sell. Okay, let's, let's go to Ben, which happened to be my grandfather's name, as well as Ben Stoto's name. Ben in Pennsylvania. Ben. How's it going, Jim? Big fan of the show. It's a good day. It's a good day to talk to someone from Pennsylvania, as long as it's the uh, eastern part. What's going on? That's right. Wanted to get your thoughts on ICLR, ICOM, PLC, Irish Pharmaceuticals. I love the contract clinical business because you make so much money in it. I think it's terrific. Okay, let's go to George in Massachusetts. George. Uh, hi, Jim. Uh, I own a stock that has a five-year annual growth rate of 41% in sales and 56% in earnings per share. The price earnings ratio is 11 and it has no debt. What do you think of Medifast? No, never been a fan, perhaps because I just think people just don't think it's got enough. It, 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 it's not as rigorous as it should be about losing weight. 
Not as much of a healthcare company as it should be. I prefer Nestle, frankly. I think Nestle's more of a healthcare company. I'm not done. Now we're going to Vincent in my home state of New Jersey. Vincent! Booyah, Jimmy Chill. How you doing? Booyah, Vincent. I'm going to have some of Jimmy Chill's mascal, but not till tomorrow. What's going on? I want to know about energy transfer. Should I hang on to that? No, yes, you have to. I mean, what can I tell you? They are one of the most poorly run companies, but they're in the greatest industry in the world. So how do you lose? You can't. That was easy. One more. One more. Let's go to Reed in Texas. Reed. Hey, Jimmy, the chill man, Kramer. How are you, sir? I'm chilling. How about you? I'm good. Hey, first time, long time. I want to thank you guys like for that. all you do for the individual investor. I think that's great. Much oh, different. thank you. I'm doing my best. Sometimes I screw up. Hey, so does everybody else. All right, what's up? I want to get your thoughts on uh, TI or Texan or Texas Instruments. Oh, my Texas. thoughts are easy. All aboard. Bye, 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 bye. What a quarter. Oh, no. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, you won't want to miss this. Kramer's at home at the NYSE with a hot take on the day's biggest news. Next. You just get so torn in this business every day, especially during early season. Now, we got a bunch of reporting companies we follow for the investing club, including Meta Platforms, the old Facebook, which is one of the biggest quantities the Chapel Trust has ever owned. We first got into Facebook ages ago, near its lows in the 20s, and higher in the 50s and 60s, only rode it all the way to the 200s, where we rang the register a big chunk of the position. But as the stock came down from its highs, we bought some back, because I felt there was a decent chance Mark Zuckerberg could plow through the current downturn without his company getting crushed. I, unfortunately, was wrong. Zuckerberg couldn't pull it off. Last night, Meta reported a bad quarter and then gave discouraging guidance for the next quarter. Talking about 26 and 28.5 billion in revenue, we were hoping for 30.4 billion. The operative term there? Hope. Yeah, hope. Instead of being clinical and dispassionate about the stock the way you should be, I let my feelings get in the way. I made an emotional decision to bet on the genius of Mark Zuckerberg, who pulled a rabbit out of a hat back in the day when Facebook went from a desktop play to a cell phone play, and then did it again when he bought Instagram and turned into a social media powerhouse. But he couldn't do it this time. Sure, Reels, which is his answer to TikTok, will have a $1 billion run rate very soon, maybe more, but TikTok's on a $12 billion run rate. Even though Reels is way ahead of where Instagram Stories was at this point in its life cycle, it's still an underdog going up against a rabid competitor. <laughs> and in social media, it's much better to be number one than a distant number two. Now let's get back to the real mistake I made with Meta. I bet on the jockey, not the horse. The house of pain. Even though I've used the Quest Metaverse VR platform and found it terrific, it's still kind of ungainly and nowhere near where it needs to be in order to move the needle. 
Because I bet on the jockey, I missed that the actual horse is subject to the weight of not just Zuckerberg's expensive projects, but also the industry-wide decline in advertising revenue. According to Meta, this is something that will only get worse because things are getting much tougher out there, hence the miserable guidance. The lesson, of course, is that as compelling as it is to believe in someone, call it the great man theory of investing, it almost never works over the long haul. The good news here, after this decline, I actually think the horse is de-risked. I like that the stock tested but did not preach its late June low, closing well above it, in fact. Where no one's expecting growth and you don't get growth, but you get pricing discipline, cash can build. They have $40 billion in the bank, bought back $5 billion worth of shares just this quarter. A stock tends to get a pass. Of course, it would have been better to just sell everything when Meta was over $200, then circle back down here at $160 and change. But there's no woulda, shoulda, coulda in this business. I think eventually reels will be much bigger, and many millions of people will get in the metaverse. But if I'd assess the numbers rigorously, the real horse, rather than blindly trusting the jockey's racing history, my charitable trust would be in much better shape right now. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you next time. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.